Righto, welcome back to the Maximum Cricket Podcast. My name is Munter and we are here with Lugsy and Jacko. This is episode number 20. Boys, TMC is officially a start. We have a good one for you today also. We're talking meaningless T20 series between England, Pakistan and India and Australia. Speaking of India, mancats. We're also talking T20 auctions, drafts, and do we rate them or not? I bet the South African captain doesn't. And finally, on Coach Corner, the age-old debate returns. Reverse cut or hands down. But first, sit back and relax. Grab yourself your favourite lolly because it is snack of the week. Yes, maximum, the first of this contest. Oh, that is brilliant. It's a hero maximum. On the ground, on the ground, another hero maximum. Boys, snack of the week last week. Uh... Good personally to get the W. It'd been a bit of a lean patch for myself. A few third place finishes that went under the radar a bit there. But yeah, I think I think it was you, Jacko. You, you touched on the, the the copper kettle barbecue chips were always going to be a sort of a favourite. Yeah. In the end, and I sort of got a wee sort of a forty nine percent share of the lead. Uh, then I think it was salt. And, yeah, your salt and vinegar really sort of second place by quite the distance and. Lugsy, your uh, your other couple kettles sort of struggled a little bit there. Hmm. Yeah, and, and rightly so. They're a picture. <laughs> didn't really sell it, did you? No, no, I didn't. And I, I think I've really, as I say, I think I'm, I've decided to learn from Jacko and and really take this into a, a bit of a sort of more traditional way, my snacking, and and just go with snacks I like and enjoy. Because um, mm. last week I didn't. That was that was chosen for me, unfortunately. Ashy mishap, but um, I did think uh, Jacko would get the win. But as as you both touched on, he sort of he sort of knew what the crowd wanted there, and you got the win. Hundred um, percent. Just quietly, Simon. There's something we need to keep an eye on that's sort of been raised midweek, um, hmm. and that's a certain host, significant other, voting with three separate Instagram accounts on the TMC <laughs> yeah. polls. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we might just. I mean, it obviously wasn't that close this week, but yeah, next close one if Matt comes in on top, we just might need to count back. Just something to keep an eye on. I can confirm yeah. that was the uh, the only time that has happened, and in the, <laughs> and, the, and in the past, to be fair, and we're obviously talking about my uh, my lovely wife. She, she's probably actually voted for you guys more than myself. Yeah, that fair, is true. Yeah. Past, so um, Nicole, noted fan of my snacks. Yeah, she quite likes the chocolate. Um, I think that was uh, that was sort of where I was heading. Where we went this week's sort of categories. We had uh, lollies, chocolate, and biscuit, biscuits, and it really sort of become a two horse race pretty early on. And chocolate, sort of, and lollies. Lollies were sort of sort of pipped in the end, but it wasn't through lack of trying from uh, chocolate <laughs> fans. As um, yes, um, my lovely wife really wanted some chocolate in the household, and sort of voted three times to try and you know get over the line. But it wasn't wasn't to be. But I got I managed to get some chocolate in the house, so um, it's a win win. Yeah, win win. So this week, boys, lollies. As I said, now I, I was pretty excited for this personally, as probably in terms of snacks. Lollies really, I, I love my lollies. I really do. I just, I have a real sweet tooth, and I'm pretty sure, like, once a bag gets open, it's getting finished pretty shortly. So much so, I was pretty nervous through the supermarket experience, just all the options. I guess I was starting to think about, like, which, what snack would win. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I was starting to lose myself a little bit, and I thought, what does Munter feel like? What what I feel like, and I went and I went with the the favourite of mine. I've had these a few times. The um the jet planes, which um famously I I do tend to buy them on the way from home. And I sort of live about twenty minutes out of town, and quite often 
that bag is is finished by the time I get home. But yeah. um, I managed to hold on for tonight. So, no, I'm pretty happy with that. I don't know if we'll get the win, but I'll, I'll enjoy it nonetheless. Yeah, and I mean, that, that's what Snack of the Week's about, isn't it? Is your own enjoyment and, yeah, if you get a win, you get a win. Yeah, I went, went a different route, went the, the dairy um, with their $2 lolly bag section and came away with a lovely uh, sour Coke bottle. Oh, which yeah. is right up there in terms of the lolly hierarchy. Um, yeah, that's good. Yes, one one, if not one two, sort of. Yeah, very good. Sort of that, that one you save for last if you buy a two dollar mixture. Sort of really delay that satisfaction. So, yeah, lovely wee bag of uh, sour coke bottles for myself, and very very happy with them. Yeah, that is a terrific choice. Um, I think, as you said, Munter, you're a noted lolly fan, and. And I have to honestly say I am too. I'm I'm probably looking at maybe six six days this year I haven't had lollies, um, <laughs> and that's been and that's been quite generous. I'll, um, I never used to be a fan of the old pick and mix from the supermarket, um, but without fail every day I leave work and I head either straight to New World um, to get a wee pick and mix for the walk home, or if I can be bothered I'll head down to Pack and Save, which is a bit further. Um, but have a wee coconut rough sort of in there, pick and mix, and, and occasionally I'll slide that in as, as the cheaper one, or occasionally I'll just pay the full price. Yeah. Um, but anyway, when pick and mix were ruled out today, um, I sort of wanted to go down a, a slightly different route because I don't think quite often people realise this is an option in the bag, and that is the crocodile. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good so I think Very good. Anyway. Yeah, if you're getting a pick and mix, you've got to put at least sort of two to three crocodiles and maybe one orange, one purple, one red. Um, but they come in a nice package. They're only $1.60. They're at, I don't often see them at New World and Pack and Save, but they're always in countdown. You only get about 10 in there, which is it's quite nice because, as you say, once a bag's opened, it's it's you know it's full stop there. That's all we're being needed. <laughs> um, disgustingly, they still say it's 4.5 servings. Um, which it is a disgrace. It is, in fact, one serving. Yeah, maybe um, half. Maybe half a serving. Imagine doing that. Yeah. In four and a half. Four and a half goes. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. I mean that's a disgrace. But I sort of. I didn't know if it would get the win, but I really just wanted to make people aware that this was an option. The wee dollar sixty bag of crocodiles. So also, oh, so it was a bag sort of crocodiles, was it? Yeah. So this is. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's okay. obviously it is in the pick and mix form. You yeah, can get I've it. seen that. Yeah. Um, but this is actually available in in the packet, which I, as I said, I wasn't sure everyone was aware of, and I wanted to, to let the snackers out there know that it is an option. Just 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 on pick and mix. I know we uh I know we weren't we sort of ruled that out today, but obviously massive fan of pick and mixes. And do you, do you know one of the issues of a crocodile in a, in a pick and mix is it just takes up too much room. Yeah, that's that's probably. I that's the mm. one, you know, you sort of, you so, if you get, once you start getting three or four crocodiles, that's uh, yeah. taking up room for other snacks. So that's the one issue. But what what sort of favorite pick and mixes do you guys run? I've got to have a, I do always have a couple of crocodiles. I also love to have a few spiders. Yeah. yeah. South spider, very, very good. Yeah. Um, couple of jet planes, couple of Coke bottles. So sort of, we've got all the bases covered of what mm. I go for. Tell you what I don't mind in the pick and mix is just two to three juicy caramels. Yeah. Yeah. See, this yeah. this is not. I am a huge anti juicy caramels. Wow. But that was my yeah my mum's favourite lolly <laughs> is the old juicy caramel. So yeah. occasionally, if I'm in a giving mood and I'm staying in at the old girls, I'll I'll bring her home a couple. <laughs> yeah, I quite like the volcanoes. Yeah, big fan of yeah. volcanoes. I like the um like the sherbet bricks. 
Ooh. Oh yeah, like the red sherbet bricks. Those are they're like, actually low elite. key a lot of people's favourite lolly. Like when you're yeah. talking your dollar, two dollar bag from the dairy. Yeah, I was I was weighing up between the coke bottle and the sherbet brick actually. Yeah, I think you went with the right option. To be fair, just for the yeah. public sort of thing, like the the, the the sour coke bottles. I mean, they are a massive favourite, especially in this country. See what our dairy's got, and it look is, it looks like they've got a sour raspberry and coke bottle, which oh. probably probably going back for tomorrow night. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that'll be shut the gate. Oh, that'll be. Yeah. I don't know if you boys know of this, Lolly, and I'm not gonna. I don't know what it's actually called. Um, I think it's. A lady at work is, has a has a lolly jar in, in one of the theatres. Um, so naturally, I'm in that theatre quite a bit. Um, <laughs> and there's these lollies. They're a pink bowl. They're mainly chocolate with a little, like, chewy thing in the middle. You guys aware what I'm talking about? Because I was going to go to New World and grab that because they are an exceptional lolly. Interesting. I don't know if no, I have. Maybe if I've seen it, I, I could. I Next could time we do lollies, I'll, I'll bring that to the table just again to get that public aware. It's, Simon's just an advocate and snack of the week at the moment. It's like, it's like a snack awareness sort of thing <laughs> for Simon, just making sure everyone's aware. Well, I thought you were doing a great job, Jeff, of sort of, yeah, just traditional good, good solid snacks. And I wanted to sort of join you in that mould. Yeah. Bloody yeah. good, bloody the boy, good. The boys have got the competitive juices out of the way, and now we're actually sort of like on the path of what the snack of the week is all about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm certainly going to, um, now that Nicole sort of got her free, I'm going to create about 35 burner accounts. So, <laughs> you know, my votes will be skewed about that. Oh, too easy, too easy. Right, shall we, uh, shall we move on to some cricket? We'll rattle through. Rattle through some of these T20s before we talk about some of the uh, some of the bigger issues at play. So obviously, you know, we're getting dangerously close to the T20 World Cup, which means international teams are stockpiling T20 games at pace. And no one is doing that more than England and Pakistan, who are three games into a seven-game T20 series. I repeat, a seven-game T20 series. I mean, this is like NBA playoff sort of sort of jobs. Do you, is it, do you think we get fizzed up for a game seven of a T20 series like the NBA, or is that just not possible? Like, yeah, if it's three all, um, <laughs> but I don't know. If, I don't know if it will be. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the sort of thing with a cricket series is like if you're down four zip, you've actually still got to play the last three games. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, a very good point, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, imagine imagine that 4-0 down in the NBA and you've got to play the last three just in case. Um, <laughs> just for money. Yeah. Surprises the owners haven't actually decided that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the biggest thing, I was just seven's probably too many, especially not in Australia um, yeah. leading up to this World can't Cup. Like, I can't – like, obviously, touring Pakistan again has been fantastic for the game. I think everyone can mm. can say that. When Aussie went back there, it was like incredible. Their fans have obviously missed it, so like lovely to see cricket back there. But I don't think seven day seven games in Karachi are preparing you for a fucking quick flat one at the Wacker or Optus Stadium in Perth, are they? Like maybe if it was seven games in Aussie as a as a warm up, you'd be like, yeah, sweet. Like you're getting bulk reps in on similar playing conditions. But yeah, I just don't think Karachi is going to be very similar to the uh, the T20 final oh. at the MCG. I mean, hundred percent. And I sort of, I had that as a point for the um, the Aussie India series, which is probably even worse because you've actually got an opportunity to play in Australia for that. But it just, it sort of proves that like these boards are more interested in making money than than like winning stuff. Yeah, that did massively jump out as to why this this Aussie <laughs> India series. But you'd think like I know the board obviously, yeah, you've you've nailed it there. But you'd think the players would have been like. 
can we just go over there, please? Like, can we start this campaign and let's get the ball rolling, sort of thing? I know exactly. So I'll, I'll rattle through the three games so far in England, Pakistan. I guess the story. So, like game one, England won that pretty comfortably. Alex Hales making a thirty-nine ball fifty. Three years since he uh, last played for England. It's pretty chat. Game two, England got 199 and lost by 10 wickets. So there you go. Barbara Zahn, we 100. Mohamed Rizwan, two half centuries in a row. That's, what was it, 203 for none, I think, is a world record, I believe, which is just quite something. And then game three, England got 220. Ben Duckett, Harry, Harry Brook, probably two guys that might not even be in their England's number one team, um, absolutely pumping it. And then Mark Wood coming back, bowling, taking three for 24, bowling absolutely rapid in his first game back from elbow surgery. Uh, I believe his second over back, his speeds were 151, 156, 152, 154, 154, and 151. That's quick. That is absolutely that quick. Is so rapid. What, out of those out of those stories, what, what stands out for you guys? Um, yeah, plenty of time to come down, come back from that 200 for none, I reckon, for England. Um, I mean, <laughs> fuck, obviously, I think one of one is the return of Mark Wood. Um, really just just lovely stuff to see. And I think think it's starting to set this World Cup for maybe, would this could this be like maybe the quickest World Cup we've ever seen? Mm. Um, mm. I mean, we're going to have the Aussie boys at All Bowl Rapid, Pakistan have got a couple that bowl into that 150s. England have got their couple. Um, the Indian quicks can get it up there. We've got we've got Lockie. Yeah, I mean we, we could be looking at a lot of quick bowling. Hopefully, just just increasing the spectacle of this World Cup, which is going to be brilliant. How good is how good is fast bowling? I would love to see 160. Just Ooh, just yeah. just give me 160, surely. We might get it too. Yeah, especially in Aussie. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that the. the the big thing I've noticed, because obviously you, you sort of said they were a bit meaningless these games, which they probably, especially from our you know our side of the world, it's, it's just tough to get interest with the times they're on. Um, but they are probably pretty important these late, these last few twenty twenties um, for the size, gathering a bit of momentum and sort of working out their best eleven before this World Cup because she's dangerously close now. I think yeah, when you look at both these series and that, um, it's just such an open. It's going to be a very open World Cup, I think. Um, oh, massive. Like, it's just the, the biggest thing I – I because I was obviously I've only seen a few highlights or tried to get highlights of all the games just to, to sort of keep an eye on things. Every team's just got players that can get not just like 50 off 40. We're talking like 70, 80 off 30 and 40 balls. Like the amount of guys that clean hit at the moment um, is just insane. Like that, that uh, run chase where Barbara and that got 200 – Together, the amount of clean hitting, like even someone gets seven, it's like six or seven sixes, and they like clear the rope by a mile. So it's mm. just how open it will be, just because there's so many guys that strike it so cleanly now. It just yeah. you only takes one of them to go off, and you've won a game of cricket. 100%. So I think this that's that's a big one. Um, and then as you say, the fast bowling of wood, it's probably we've touched on it one of the earlier episodes of just how fun it is to watch someone bowling fast. And it seems to be coming back a bit like we grew up for Lee and Akdar and Donald and that. And it sort of felt like maybe you guys weren't bowling as quick for a while, but now it looks like it's back again with a, a good crop of cricketers all bowling pretty quick. Yeah, it's a good point you raised there, Simon, about the, the I guess, the depth of, um, well, maybe not the depth, but the, the amount of teams that could win, possibly win the World Cup. Well, I, I, think, I think seven teams could actually win it, I think, which is 
<clears throat> which is quite ridiculous because you got to you've got to add you got to add Sri Lanka in there because they won the Asia Cup. I mean, you know, we're a chance. Uh, South Africa, all four of these teams are a chance. And that's you know that's seven teams, um, which is quite quite something when you think about. It. They've all I think every team's got strengths, but they've all every team has flaws also. As you said, a lot to like, and I think it's gotten to that point where anyone's gonna gonna win it on their day. Um, T20 cricket's always sort of been that, but I don't think there's ever been a tournament that's looked this wide open going into it. So yeah, very very exciting time to be a cricket fan, and lovely it's on our side of the world, so we're going to get to watch it all. Beautiful, it's going to be some big. Uh, you've got some big things coming from the from the TMC crew, so uh, yeah, keep an eye on that. So yeah, just just on the Aussie. India as a series. Look, these two games have gone. I think by the time this podcast comes out, the third one will be done. So we won't we won't talk about what's happened so far. It's one all anyway. But I guess there's a few stories, and I wanna I wanna get your take on them. See which one is like the biggest story. So I've got here. So like Cam Green is a freak and probably gonna go for like an IPL record. Can't make, even make the squad. Um, we've got Tim David having. I've never seen this much hype for a player making their debut since like LeBron James. <laughs> and last one is just impromptu out and not out. Uh, DK's rude lid. <laughs> uh, I'll start the out and not out. Yeah. Out. Get a Missouri, <laughs> get a gray next. Maybe. Is That's this rough. just me? Or I, I, I mean, I saw this was really doing the rounds quite a bit on, um, on your like if you say you sort of rate that, no, no, no. I just um, I thought, I, I, I sort of seem to believe Sangakara quite a while ago ran actually qu- a, a sort of quite similar one. Yeah, um, and he would have he would have been dragged. That's why he died. <laughs> yeah. That's why he retired. <laughs> I saw most of the feedback on Twitter for some reason didn't seem to be good. Uh, described as super cool uh, was a lot of the headlines <laughs> I was seeing. Which, mm. when something's been described as super cool, you can almost guarantee it's not. Um, but yeah uh, uh, I I automatically yeah did think to to Sangakara I thought used it back in the day a similar type it's kind of like a race car or like a BMX sort of helmet Um, just in the wrong sport Uh, it was a I chucked it up on the on the Instagram and there was about a 60 to 30 split of um, out who's going to be the third grade battler that rocks up with one this year you reckon club cricket oh Jesus Christ! Tell I mean, more. Th- this is probably back to our conversation about like uh, coloured, like coloured gloves and coloured. Like you've got to yeah. be good. You have to be We've, good. Um, just a, a, a side note on that: we we had a bloke show up to our preseason training wearing a bright orange Sunrisers Hyderabad helmet. <laughs> um, couldn't really couldn't really justify signing him because we wouldn't have got him in March. It's <laughs> tough. Struck it well though. Well, you'd hope so. He's a professional cricketer. (laughs) It'd be great if he um covered up the wee emblem as well. We stick and tape it. Yeah, just taped it up. (laughs) Yeah, that does. Just when you know, boys, I am still available. I will still wear this our club kit. (laughs) That does. That does bring a um bring another sort of question of like, what helmet can you actually like sort of get away with taping? It's like. An orange one, you're probably you're probably guessing. It's like this in Canterbury, like you tape up a red helmet, like it's fucking pretty obvious what what where you got that from. Why are we taping them up? Like it's fucking like it's a it's pretty obvious. Like like yes. you said, like just just own it, man. <laughs> like, like why is it why is it um, why are you shamed that you played for Canterbury? Is it is there a slight um, I don't know if this is why some guys do it, but is it is it slightly like a respect thing, like? 
if I wear this fully, you know, with the Canterbury emblem, I want to be playing for Canterbury at the time. And if I'm if I'm playing down in club cricket, I'm I'm maybe not earning it at the time. Is there a respect thing to it? Or yeah, a, I think like the guy, like the current players, will just wear theirs. No drama. Sort of ex players, maybe if that's the only helmet they've got, might might tape it up. Maybe um for some people they only got one game and they're like embarrassed and sort of like they don't want anyone to actually know they did make it. Now they're just back down playing club cricket. Mine's. Deep in the garage. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. Eh? It's not like it's a Volts one where it's um like a normal sort of colour. It's pretty bright red, I'd imagine, eh? Yeah, that's not coming out anytime soon. <laughs> Maybe on the first once you've, you know, retired, but Oh yeah, I retire where it taped up. Yeah. Do you guys want to touch on anything else? Uh India, Australia? Interesting Cam Green didn't make the World Cup squad, I suppose, purely just viscerally, I think he should be there. Um, just talent he's big. Wise, yeah he's big he bops it he can bowl um, he's going to be Aussie's three format player for the next 15 years so why not have him in your squad um, but yeah obviously they've sort of not done that because they probably don't want any calls of Cameron Green to open the batting over Cam Finch over Aaron Finch sorry mm, that's tough eh? just yeah. that's tough eh? how much is he like how much realistically is he going to go for in the IPL like he, we're talking. This could be a record. Yeah, all potentially all of it. This is the thing that makes him not making the squad interesting because it feels like it's not going to be far away till he's he potentially is considered one of the most valuable players in, in T Twenty cricket. And then it, we're going to look back and like it was only two months ago he couldn't make the Aussie side, but he could be just an absolute staple going forward. So it's just interesting they couldn't even find a spot for him in that in that squad. Yeah, it was good. I'm glad you went with him. Is there anything else we should touch on when all we had touched on was the helmet? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm good to um, – tough series for Pat Cummins to come back to, I'll tell you that. Missed the old New Zealand games and then gets the call up to go to India and get um, took a bit of a pumping in that first ODI. It was yeah, the same. India and India, tough. Yeah, same things I was sort of noticing with that England-Pakistan series. I think it was Pandya. Whacking it. it was just again in those two, those series. Just how many guys were just hitting sixes with such ease? Mm. Like as I say, like guys, you know, seventy off thirty for Pandia, five sixes. They just all these guys can just clear the fence so easily now. Pandia's so good. Oh, he's he's a class. Eh? Yeah, very very good player. Yeah, no, it's um it's pretty impressive, especially um especially India. Like I just I was just sort of having a look at the old New Zealand A series over there and like the, the talent that like NZA have is, is pretty, is pretty good as well. Like you got like guys like Guy Quad and that should I like to call like they can't make it. And all these guys can just clear the rope. Like if they just, they just grow up with it. Yeah. Like the depth is ridiculous. Like uh, the fact that the fact that India hasn't won an ICC event since 2011 is absolutely mind blowing. When you think about it, it's one of those things that like, Sort of New Zealand with rugby, well, maybe not so much at the moment, but always with New Zealand yeah. with rugby. Like our best fifteen might not be the if we went. You know, if Goodman got happened with like your third best eleven, fourth best eleven, fifth, then India would start to clear it cleaner. Mm. But like when there's only you know you only need your eleven best to get a result, I guess it evens the playing field a bit. Hundred percent. Do you reckon there's ever been a bigger parody of like the value of two teams with that New Zealand A team versus the India A team? Like, surely a few of those India boys are like millionaires a couple of times over in the IPL. <laughs> yeah. Well, how are they going when they go out for going out for drinks, eh? Like surely they're shouting, can they they're shouting, eh? Like so oh, surely. Yeah. 
They're sharing the whole trip, hopefully. Well, the NZA are actually sort of going all right. Like, they sort yeah, of drag. They, drag, well, they only lost that um, three. I guess, call, I guess they call it a three-test series, 1-0, uh, which is not bad. Obviously, Joe Carter got a few runs. Um, they look like they're getting dusted up in the ODIs, but that's that happens. Uh, yeah, I think, like, Joe Carter's got some more runs. Russian Rinder's doing some things. What sort of what sort of the guts of that Joe Carter? He's seeming yeah, very impressive. How far away are we looking with the New Zealand setup? He must be close. Like, if he's gone, if he's he's got two hundreds in that that three test series yeah. as an opener. That's it's not like Will Young and Latham that like Shewins. Like, I mean, Latham probably obviously. I'll probably say Latham is a shoe in to open the Yeah, bed. yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it's definitely like if there was, I know there'd be some tours coming up in the subcontinent. You're scoring a couple of hundreds as an opener in New Zealand cricket. You're always, you know, you're, you're going to be noticed. Oh, yeah, especially, yeah, especially in, in India. Like it's probably yeah. one of the hardest places to bat. It's definitely like, especially if they're taking these sort of bigger squads with COVID. I mean, if you're taking 17 blokes on tour instead of 15, he's probably going to have a look in as that, that top three cover now, doesn't he? Mm. It'll be interesting to see like when the Plunkett Shield starts up if who if he if he just sort of like just sort of gets heat, like heaps of runs. I like, think if he starts the se- season strong, yeah, there'll be definitely some calls for his name. Yeah, probably some probably some different challenges in October in New Zealand compared to India. But I mean, <laughs> we'd lo- love to see that form continue. Got to be a big confidence booster though, Aiden. Yeah. Then you come back to domestic cricket, you probably. Probably circles back to these like tournaments pre the World Cup, I suppose. No matter what cricket is, like winning's still winning, isn't it? Like if it's in India or Pakistan or wherever, like as long as you, if you're playing and winning, you're sort of forming that yeah. habit a wee bit, aren't you? So, right, boys, should we should we move on to our? We've got a couple of out or not outs. Um, a late we had a late one that come through last night. Basically, we're talking we're talking man cats. Let's be honest. Um, it's been uh, it's been it's very divides a lot of opinions. Uh, everyone's quite strong either way. And now the man cat has been in the news a couple of times this week. First, uh, ICC moved the man cat from the unfair se- section to the run out section in the law book. Mm. Um, and the Indian women's team just sort of took that and run with it. And one of the more controversial endings I've seen on a cricket field. England, 118 for nine, <clears throat> chasing 170. England dragged it back to 153, only needing 17 for a famous victory. And what I believe was a record crowd uh, at the home of cricket, ironically. And then Sharma decided enough was enough. Took the last wicket via Mancat. So, boys, with that, out or not out? On first, the last wicket of, of that game, like just that in a vacuum, and also just Mancats in general. Where do you, where do you stand? Yeah, um... On the dismissal from this game out, what a what a disgrace! That was so poor. Um, I think, in terms of like trying to mad man cad someone, and the way that it was done is like that's not what the rules there for. Um, like she was in her delivery stride, her back foot had landed, like she was fucking pretty much bowled that back onto the stump. So yeah, for I mean. If you can't get a tailender out, you cannot be going to the man cad. Maybe it's a top sort of – you can use that on the top seven batsmen only um, <laughs> sort of rule. But shit, like if you can't get the tail out. And like it wasn't like England were like two runs away. Like they were still a fair chunk. Like you've got to back your bowlers to win that still. Um, so yeah, like that one definitely very poor. Um, in terms of in general, like I sort of take a – I suppose a reason why we have – sort of some rules and cricket approach in that like 
there's a lot of rules in cricket that are there so you don't get an unfair advantage. Um, like le- when they took out the leg side wides in one day cricket, for example, I guess to stop your bowling leg side so it's hard to score. Like if, if a batter's gaining an advantage by being out of that crease, fair game, like rein them back in, um, they should be out because they are like every batter would love to charge a spinner first ball if they couldn't get stumped. If you're gaining an unfair advantage from it, like fair game, get you out of there. The one the other night, was that was just a joke. So, yeah, and that one definitely out. In general, I think it depends. Like you can't be just trying to use that as your way to get a wicket, but fuck, if a batter's taking the piss, yeah, that's their, that's their game to play, and if they want to play it, run them out. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Like the one the one from um, last night is sort of. I mean, I'm Stuart Board facing anyone over 140. I'm out. That was that was um, that's nothing short of disgraceful, especially to win a game. Like oh, you, the celebrations can't. I mean, it takes the one thing I'll say is it takes it takes some incredible guts and to do that because um, I'd feel like an absolute coward. Um, but yeah, and I think the point the point that Jacko makes is if someone's consistently, especially in a tight game, you know, half a metre, two metres down the track, and you're you know just about to bowl, then you've got every right to run them out. But it's a it's a very rare circumstance, I'd say, when it even has to be done. Um, but I think a little bit of onus is on batsmen to to play in the spirit of a good game as well, and you know wait till there's actually a ball hit or to start their run. So I think yeah, there is there is very certain instances where if a batsman's taking the piss and running and they're halfway down the pitch, you've got every right to run them out, and that's why the rule does need to be there. Um, but yeah, in general, I, it's it's yeah, I don't like it. And I think like in this in the spirit of the game, if you've noticed a batter is taking the piss, like you'll stop, not actually run them out, and be like you do that again and like, I'll run you out sort of thing. Like that warning that they used to have was a good yeah. sort of way because, yeah, and I guess it's, again, you're testing a boundary, but like, and again, if it's a grudge match, just fucking run them out. But um, <laughs> there's that, that sort of line that's always sort of tethered that, yeah, you can let them know and say like, look, you're overstepping it without actually having to run them out. And I think that's where that sort of, the opportunity of having that in the game is good, but that shouldn't be your like, Fuck, I'm a pretty good man cad bowler, eh? Like I get a lot of people that way, like <laughs> Look, it's it's just very backyard cricket, isn't it? It's yeah. very oh. just playing with you. That's what that's what makes it sort of it's a bit like it's one of those things where it's like it's a bit embarrassing that to show someone like that's how a wicket can be taken in the game of cricket. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Look, I, I've 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 listened I've listened to you guys go oh, go around yeah, and, and, and you're all make very good points. But I, I'm just going to lay it all right now. I fucking hate man cats. I, I do <laughs> not. Right, good. Like, good. Good. I just I just cannot stand them. I can't. I hate every argument for them. I think the only one I, I've I've come around on is that yeah, like if someone's consistently just like running like an absolute like idiot. Like just like you don't have to bowl it. Like you just do not have to bowl it, and they have to come back. Like they're not going to keep doing it. Hundred percent, and that's where I reckon like taking that that warning is like the right thing to do in that situation. And then if they stop, problem solved, sort of thing. I haven't seen every single man cat, but I guarantee, like ninety nine percent of these man cats, they they are not fucking hurling down the wicket trying to nah. like steal the advantage. It's just it's a classic case of 
the bowler or the or the woman in this instance, they that they are using that deceiving the person. They were like, if they yeah. if they bowled it, if this if Sharma bowled it, like her back foot was down. She was halfway through her delivery stride. And yeah, hundred percent. And this lady's this lady's bat was like, fuck, it might have been on the line. Like it's absolute. Like she wasn't trying. Like this whole oh, no, the, the batters the batters are gaining an unfair advantage. Is is just. I don't know where it's come from, but it's oh, I just can't stand it. If you if you land, if you when if you like landing or as you jump, the batter's out of their crease by heaps. That's when it's like okay, like time to warn them. But yeah, like as you said, they're not getting that far out. Like maybe like how many runouts are within like an inch, and it's like it would have would have it hasn't really mattered. So every single man cat has been out of desperation. Like no one, no one just 100%. goes like like no one's no one's <laughs> like the ball bowlers, the well, like there's no like imagine like a bowlers sort of meeting, and they're like you know what. Um, fucking Lugsy's too good for us today. Like, let's just mancat the son of a bitch. Let's just get rid of him. Like, we're, that's Sounds our plan. <laughs> that's our plan. No, it's like it's like we can't. We are struggling. We might. We just need something. How about how about we just mancat them? Like, it's always desperation. What do you reckon comes up first in the bowlers meeting? Uh, should we put sandpaper in our pockets and tamper the <laughs> ball, or should we mancat Dean Elgar on a hundred red? Well, I mean. Depends which team, I suppose. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a certain side that um, would probably be going down the lolly section first um, before <laughs> before talking about man cats, but we won't we won't sort of touch on that. Yeah, the thing is, the, the only thing as I touched on before is I, I wouldn't even and I did say this to you as free pod is sadly I've got to admit to as a youngster doing this quite a bit in games <laughs> never. But this thing is, it was never given out or anything. Um, <laughs> I just, I just wouldn't have the guts to do it either. No. Like, unless I'm in my delivery stride and I can actually, out of the corner of my eye, I can actually see you're halfway down the deck and it's, like, embarrassing. I don't even think I'd have the guts to do it just because I'd feel so silly. No. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, like, in the history of playing cricket, I couldn't tell you where the non-striker has been when I've delivered the ball once. Like they could be a meter out, they could be standing with the umpire, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell you either way. I seen this argument the the other day. I, I was, it was ironically, it was an, uh, it might have been an Indian guy on Twitter. I think he was a commentator, and he said he was obviously like talk, like trying to come to the defense of the Indian uh, women's team, and he sort of said like, oh, if it was the World Cup final, and and some and someone was like an inch away from the non-strikers end backing up, and they made their crease by an inch. To win the World Cup final, would you would you be okay with that? It's like it's like fuck seriously. Like if that's why you lost it because you didn't man cat someone. What was happening the rest of the game? Well, low key getting back to that um, that ODI final we lost. I mean, yeah, is it? Does Guptal cost us that? Did he by not sneaking <laughs> forward? <laughs> well, you see, that's what, I mean, there's no doubt. Probably he was out. He probably did get a quick start on him. Probably could yeah, have but it's uh, I mean, it's. Yeah. I think another thing that's going to stop me ever doing one is imagine man-catting someone and they're just fucking in their crease. Yeah, yes, I was going to say. That's highly embarrassing. <laughs> like, oh, that would be me done, I reckon. Like, you'd never play again. And my only other thing would, would be, like, all these people that talk about, oh, it's in the rules, man-cats are in the rules. Like, I, I want to see them put their money where their mouth is and just start taking five-wicket bags with man-cats and yeah, just yeah. being like, like, if... if and and if you're not prepared to do that, then you know deep down that it's not right. Yeah, hundred percent. And I reckon I was on something there. You you can't you can't get a man cat after the sixth wicket of a game. 
<laughs> yeah. There does need to be rules on this. Then, eh? then, that, then that takes that like right. We're doing this like fuck. This is a last resort thing. It takes it out of out of contention. Oh, that's a that's a good one. Then you then you got guys just hearing down the wicket. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say there's a there's a real problem there. We're just halfway down the deck. <laughs> that's tough. I guess I guess there needs to be some sort of clarification on like the if they're going to make it a rule. Like let's let's clarify the rules. Like yeah. I, I always thought it was if. If the bowler bowler's back foot hit the ground, uh, it was fine. Like they, they couldn't man cap from there. Yeah. But obviously, obviously not. They, or they need to just say like you can't be out of the crease until the the ball's gone or something like that. But there needs to be some sort of clarification. If this is the world we're going to live in, let's um, yeah, let's make it a rule properly. Yeah, you you need that clarity, don't you? Like if it's as soon as the bowler like jumps, then you can start going. Like fair play, but I think. I thought it was landing, and I thought it was like as soon as the bowler like basically commits to bowling the ball that it's done. And I reckon landing on your back foot in your delivery stride is pretty committed. But yeah, yeah, it need, needs to be tidied up a wee bit because fuck, that can't be happening at a World Cup. I was going to say, will we see one at the T Twenty World Cup? It was quite funny because apparently um, Ashram was like trending on Twitter because of that, and he had <laughs> nothing to do with it, <laughs> which yeah. is. Which is quite something. I guess the one positive is uh, a lot of people talking, like a lot of people, a lot of publicity around the women's game, which is um, yeah, it's always always good. Like any like yeah, uh, all news is thought, good news. All news is good news. Um, you know, just look at the NBA lately. Yeah. So, anything else you boys want to touch on the mancats, or should we to move on? Nah, I think I think we've covered it. Too easy. We probably spent too much time on it. If anything. <laughs> yeah. Our next sort of out or not out is um, is based around sort of player drafts and player auctions, etc. So you know, the Big Bash ran a player draft the other uh, night, which um, was kind of interesting. I think it, I felt like it drummed up a lot of interest, but there there's obviously a hole in that system when either the the teams just don't want big names or they don't like want to spend any money, like the Scorchers. Sort of just part like just didn't want to use their number one pick, which is like imagine that in the in the NBA. Like I oh, just don't want to use our like first round pick. Just like that just wouldn't happen. Mm. Um, the set and then the South African T Twenty League went with for an auction. Obviously IPL do an auction night the other day, which is I felt was interesting, but mainly because the current T Twenty South African captain uh, Timber Bumba, I believe. I hope I said that right. Anyway, um, he went unsold, which is. Just quite something when you think about it, because imagine if we had like a super smash auction or draft, and Kane Williamson goes unsold, or Joss Butler doesn't get picked up in the hundred, or or a big bash auction and Aaron Finch goes unsold. Which you would. I mean, that, I mean that's a bad example, but um, <laughs> you, you get what I'm sort of saying. And but anyways, like, what do we think about auctions or drafts? Like, are we a fan? Or I'm not. I'm not sure. I find auctions that exciting to watch, but I would love to see a draft night, especially on the super smash. Yeah, I'm a. I'm a big fan of the draft. It's it's weird in these cricket ones because it's like is Kentabim for Bumba, Temper Bavuma just not play this like at all? Like what's the go there? Is yeah, he, can basically. he? So he's yeah he's been bit. Um, I mean it's, it's tough. Like I, yeah, I suppose it's like when you're talking like leagues versus internationals. Like the draft for a domestic league is always sort of going to be a bit how you going because. Like it's not like they are building their team around a player. Like they're not like, mm. right? We've taken, we've been shit for years. We've finally got the first pick. We're taking LeBron and we build from there. It's like the Scorchers are like a bit of an institution when it comes to the Big Bash. Like they're like 
fuck, our team's pretty good. Like, I mean, we can sort of pick and choose if we want a, an international and if they're the right one at the right price, we take them. If not, we'll be fine. So it's sort of that, like, there's no need to bring in extreme international talent and build from the top down because these clubs are sort of built built from the bottom up. Um, mm. But, yeah, I mean, as a fan of American sports, nothing gets me going. Like, a wee draft night, just, you know, or you just see, you start to see how your team's going to look for the next year and you sort of start to build from draft night into preseason and, the, and then the season starts. So, I mean, I'd love to see it for the Super Smash and I think we've, we've got some lists we're going to gonna read out after this around what, what we would think it would look like. But, yeah, I'm, I'm all for drafts. But, yeah, it's sort of a weird one in the cricket world because teams aren't reliant on the drafts for their top-end talent. You've got to make it worth your while. Yeah, 100%. Like, if the Scorchers grab, I don't know, Liam Livingston, they're happy. If they don't, they've probably got another Aussie that can, they think can do a similar job. So, um, like, in the NBA, if you don't get LeBron... You're not getting like you're not just developing LeBron sort of thing, are you? So, yeah, big big fan personally, and and like to see more of it if there was a bit more weight to having a good draft. Yeah, I think as as we all love our American sports, like the draft is is such a big thing over there. But it's it's not like you're they're drafting you know like other players that are already playing the sport. And it's always you know a young player fresh out of college or or high school or something like that. That's going to change your franchise sort of thing. Like, mm. if, say, there was a complete reset, so Otago, Northern Dish, everyone lost their size and there was a sort of a draft night and you had your whole team got redone. It was like a, a full reset. I think that would be unbelievable. That would be as huge. Oh, be big for the vaults. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, like, even if... It's not like the, there's a, a sort of a current a pool that come out of high school and high school around New Zealand cricket and they get drafted places, yeah? Mm, like, it yeah. just doesn't quite work in, with New Zealand domestic sport. It yeah. would be, I mean, a draft night could be cool. There's not those defined levels in, yeah, in like, yeah. New Zealand sport. Like, in, in the States, if you don't get drafted out of college and you don't really make a team, like, there's not, like, other options. It's sort of that or bus, whereas, I mean... And, like, in general over here, because I think it's... it's Potentially could work in, in New Zealand rugby because mm, the way definitely. high school rugby has yeah, become yeah, such sure. a bigger thing. But it's also not like it's all, when you really you know get down to drafts and shit. It's quite a weird thing that these guys just get there. I mean, they all want to do it, so it's fine. Mm. But like, it's just not as common that we would someone in Auckland would just get this eighteen-year-old from Dunedin and be like, "Oh, you live here now. You're playing for us." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they'd be like, "No, I'm not. I'm playing for a tiger." Yeah. <laughs> so it's just it's not it's not quite the same. Sport in New Zealand generally lacks that sort of clear middle ground and like there's not that clear progression. Like you leave high school, you sort of play club cricket, you play A stuff anywhere and then maybe you play for a district, but there's not that like if you don't play domestic cricket, you don't like leave domestic cricket and you're done with the sport. Like you can still play club or you can still sort of play A cricket somewhere else, have another go. Like there's not those like clear defined roles it's the same with rugby like if you don't make the super rugby you're probably going to be in an npc team somewhere and it's not like you can just draft guys every year out of the npc sort of thing yeah, yeah. They've, got, they've got to build it from from the ground up which which is tough and i just think i just think like a draft drafts don't really work there needs to be like weight behind it like it has to be like your pick like your first round pick like is is franchise altering like if you're yeah. that's why the number one pick in the nba or the nfl or whatever is is a big deal. Like if you get 
LeBron James, if you get like Zion or Luca or something like that, like it can change the the entire like your franchise for the next 10, 15 years like that. I don't know how you replicate that in cricket. I think that's tough, especially cricket's mm-hmm. probably not that sort of sport. But I think the best way we can sort of do it. So let's say you know let's it's sort of like it made me think, and I said like who would who would New Zealand super smash? Who would the number one pick be? Like let's just say like all the caps are available. Um, like the NZ, NZ Cricket have like they've said like this this two month or let's say one month two month or whatever part of the schedule we've got no international cricket and we want all our New Zealand players available everyone like there's money involved we've got you know the Mumbai Indian uh, Tiger Volts are, are our first pick because they they were last in the Super Smash like let's let's say it's, it's like that and yeah. um you yeah, know let's pick like the six most valuable T20 players right now i guess and i want to i really want to see like where kane williamson makes the list like yeah. surely new zealand captain makes the list obviously but does he you know there's some good players yeah so let's sort of do a first round hypothetical super smash draft we well, yeah, obviously we'll use the standings from last year so tiger vaults have the the first pick and uh you know they could really use that pick just quite like that would um that that actually could be franchise altering, um, to be fair. Yeah. So right, we'll start we'll start with you, Jacko. Let's say you're the, you're the new GM of the Tiger Vaults. Who are you selecting with your first pick? Probably deliberate this for about seven and a half seconds, and I take probably Trent Bolt. Okay. Okay. Fair fair enough. Um, you want to make the case, or you or you sort of you sort of just name speaks for itself. Or? Yeah, I think I think Trent's probably shown in the last two years why he's maybe one of the best best seamers in the world in in the sport uh let alone it that in a domestic league yeah i mean he's just he's world class and i think in terms of like as well the drop off like i think getting bolt one one versus maybe getting a getting a better top of the second round i'll probably happier with that combo versus getting a better here and taking a bowler in the second round okay fair enough uh Lugsy? Yeah, uh, first I'll touch on that is, is I think that's the right call. The one, I guess, I don't know how deep this has really gone into this. I haven't gone too crazy. Like, would you, would you fact, I suppose if you're doing this really seriously, you might factor in how many years, but maybe Bolty would slip True. there. Yeah, but I point, think, actually. I think he's still, um, he's still got to be the one pick. I, I did deliberate that in my head as well, and I was like, hang yeah. on. We've just seen what he done in Australia. Yeah, he's by far and away our best bowler, and and then you make that at domestic level, he's probably you get you you probably pencil him in for three for twenty or four each game, and yeah, sort of you can't ask for much more. But I will go. Don't know how this if this will be a shock or not, but I'll I'll go first pick Michael Bracewell. Um, wow, top, <laughs> yeah, that is rogue. Excuse yeah, me, you just talk, you just talked up Trent Bolt for about thirty seconds, and then you then you've got Michael oh, well, Bracewell. Oh, sorry. Can I go this? I'm sort of picking my own. Are we saying Trent's still on the table for me? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. All talking, oh. we're talking just out, like each person's like list of their, oh, basically okay. their best okay. yeah, yeah. cricketers. Right, yeah. See, I had my top sort of 20 in order, so I had Trent off the board there because he's now playing for you. <laughs> yeah, I did, oh, I did okay, like nah. that, but I'd love to do that one day. Yeah, we okay, could probably yeah, do, yeah, we yeah. do something like that one day, but yeah. Well then, yeah, I've already banged on for five minutes for Trent Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. So I, I went, I was Trent Bolt number one pick for a long time until, until I, I went sort of deep dive a little. bit. I actually looked at the Tiger Bolt's roster, 
because let's just say like you, you you know you're on the black caps and you're putting them into the, the current Tiger Volts roster and I oh see I know we're doing that eh? yeah I sort of just I was just thinking off, off the cuff and I, I thought yeah, they could yeah. really they could use some top order runs they could use a guy that just churns out runs big, big Conway fan our Munter's always been a Conway fan so <laughs> so I'm going I'm going Devin Conway just on the yeah. back on on a base of like if he's churning out constant fifties every week like. He's won Wellington a Super Smash or two on his own, basically, hasn't he? So, yeah, it's not I, a bad pick at all. I think it could be. When we talk about franchise altering, I just think he could be that sort of player. Yeah. Um, I've got, like, Bolts, obviously. He's he's my number two. So, he, let's just say he'd be for he'd be number two. So, I think yeah. that was pretty that was pretty. Sick. I don't know how what you guys went for yeah, number I've two. Yeah, I've got Conway going to the Aces at two as well. And I think, as you said, yeah. I, I chose Bolt because I thought he was better than the the second round seamers essentially and and I yep. think I could have got a better close to Conway in the second round. Fair enough. Fair well, enough. then I'll, I'll I'll change it up with my number two and I'll go back to I'll go back to braces. Braces. Um, the points I'll make are a the top run score in domestic cricket last year, um, and I think yeah, since then probably probably gained more experience and um, would be even more dominant. And then the way his bowling's coming along a bit as well. I think if you can get a, a guy that's going to bat up the top. You know, potentially score the most runs in the comp and chip him with four overs. I think that's sort of all you can ask for in T20. Yeah, three, three tall player, not bad. And good leadership, too. Yep. Exactly. Very good. Thanks good for making Yeah. Very good point. I don't mind yep. it. Um, didn't make my board, but uh, that's okay. Yeah, not, not um, on mine either, but shit, he might sneak in after that sort of. Yeah, you talked me into it a little bit. Um, yeah. So let's, let's look at the central stags uh, with the third pick. Jacko. Who was your uh, Who was your third pick? Uh, and this probably is, I mean, a player of sort of similar three tool attributes. Um, yeah, but the Stags will pick up James Nisham here. I mean, his closing ability is probably rare. I think he's striking at like one ninety his last eight innings in T Twenty cricket, or, or like something outrageous. Um, good tools with the ball, sort of has that ability to bowl quick, can bowl at any any phase, good big athlete in the field too. So, yeah, I think just that three-tool capability, someone to build your squad around, especially in T20 cricket, you lock in your finisher, Nisham goes at three for me. It's tough, eh? It's a good, it's a good pick because it's, it's, he's quite valuable and I think it's showing just by – because he, he obviously got a bit of coin in that South African league and people like him, they don't really grow on trees. Like he's sort of nah. striking at about 220 just from just, – just on the – just for the caps this year, which is um, quite something. I would probably, yeah, I'm not convinced as his, for his bowling. I yeah. Think. Um, that's probably where he lets it down a little bit. Like he's handy, but I think he's a fifth bowler, fifth or sixth bowler. You got it. You got it. You do have to bowl five though in a T20 game, Matt. True. True. But in the, yeah, yeah. But in the first round, it's a yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I just, I just reckon like you, you, your finishes sort of like your express quick, isn't it? Is like. Not everyone's got him, and everyone's sort of searching for them with the bat. Yeah, um, which, which is why I valued him so high. Fair enough, uh, Lugsy. I've got Nisham. I had him down as my fourth pick. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to again. I'll probably. I'm starting to think maybe I was going to go Finn Allen. Um, yeah, don't yeah. mind so it. I've got him as I've got him as my three. I think. The, yeah, the idea of picking just a batsman. Um, Sort of, uh, but yeah, I'm going to lock him in as my number three. I think again, 
I feel like now, based on this experience, when he comes back to domestic cricket, he's going to be a real – like, he's already dominant, obviously. He's going to light it up. Yeah, I think he's going to really show the difference of, like, what an, what an international player um, looks like when he comes back to domestic cricket after that experience. The way he looked against Aussie, I know he didn't score a 1,000 runs, but more just the presence he had at the crease of how at home he looked. Um, so I'd, I'd expect him to come back and sort of really dominate domestic yeah. cricket. Yeah, like like the back a lot. Yeah, you'll never hear, hear a bad word uh, said about Phil Allen on this podcast. That's I for sure. didn't go wrong for you, actually, <laughs> um, Yeah, no, nah, f- fair enough. I guess to be fair, Lugsy actually brought up a, a point where I I wasn't really taking into consideration, but age. Um, like if you're yeah. building, if you're building the, a, a team around this person, um, like Phil Allen, like how, I, he must be like what 22, 23? Like, Yeah. The um, only concern is, like, does he play his, his four years on his rookie deal and, and get a max elsewhere? <laughs> yeah, he's definitely yeah. – like, he might want to play, like, um, where is he going? Yeah, he's I don't play into the Stags, yeah, for either. Is that a big enough – like, he might want to go to the big city life, um, you know, like the LA's sort of yeah. thing, <laughs> that sort of thing. So my number third, I've actually gone – Number third, beautiful podcast. Number three? Number three. Oh, pretty free. Imagine um, so, me trying to crit someone. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, so so for the central stags, I'm going Glenn Phillips. Interesting. Mainly, I just think he is he is so destructive. I think he is probably one of the most important. Like he could be our like the Black Cats' most important batters at this World Cup. I just think he's so destructive, and he needs to bat. He needs to bat at four, really, for for the caps, but that's another sort of story. But he just he scores at such a rate that he's so he can score so quickly on any given day, and he, he's incredibly consistent at the international level. I can imagine what he'd do domestically. Yeah. He can sort of offer a little bit with the ball, potentially. Mm. Like he's probably not quite not quite at the international level, but he could potentially give you a couple overs in the domestic yeah, level. Yeah, big ground maybe. Yeah, he's not not bowling at pocky though. Good point, and I, and I just and I just picked him for the stag, so that's um that's great. <laughs> away games, though you've always got away games. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So that's me. So um, Jacko Wellington Firebirds, uh, you're on the clock. And this is sort of a view I do have around first round talent. Is sometimes you've got to swing for the fences here, um, and that's exactly what Wellington will do. Oh, yeah. uh, have a real look at Lockie Ferguson at four. Um, yeah, that's that's who I had as well. Yeah, squad. I think like. You could look at it and go, fuck, a bowler only bowls four overs. And, I mean, if they go for it, you've wasted your pick. But, I mean, Lockie is a like genuine game changer, uh, especially in New Zealand cricket. Not a lot of batters probably see that sort of that pace very often. Um, yeah, he's a guy who he might not be consistent enough just because, I mean, that's the nature of being a bowler in T20 cricket to get you into a final, but the sort of player that will win it for you. Um, yeah, which is why he goes at four for me. Yeah, I uh, completely agree with pretty much everything you said, and that's why I had him at number four. Also, just I mean, you've got a guy that bowls 150 k's. Like those guys, just they're so invaluable. Like, and he's yeah. got a pretty good slot. We got a Yorker. Like, it's but basically it's it's him and Trent are so far ahead of every other bowler. That yeah. If you could pick, if you can pick one of those bowlers up, like you're 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 ahead of the game. It's like it's like picking up like a Rashad, uh, Rashid Khan sort of thing. Yeah, hugely. The only the only pushback on Lockie, who I did have up there as well, though, would be as as Jacko said, if if his four do go, which they certainly could in T Twenty cricket with him, you sort of it is very high to take a guy like him. But I think the upside, as you say, of him 
knocking the top off a team and, and winning you a game is, is too high to, to resist. Um, I haven't picked Nishim yet, and I did have him as four. Um, so I guess I'll just stick with that and go. I think Jacko's already raised some good points on Nishim. Sort of the batting power he has. The bowling, as you say, it's, I think the rep on him was, and from like other players playing with him, is his bowling's never sort of been where it should be in, in, in cricket. Like they say in the nets, he can bowl you know, real, really quick as well, and he just doesn't get the best out of himself with that. And maybe that was just a sort of decision from him to focus on his batting a bit. Um, but yeah, I think if you can get a bit out of his bowling and his his, his batting's pretty crucial, he could win your games as well. Um, I'll go him at four. Too easy. Uh, Canterbury Kings, Jacko. Not sure. I think this is where we might see a bit of uh, bit of change coming. But again, I'm going a, a sort of a three-tool player. And I'm going to go Mitch Santner at five. Okay. Um Probably our premier white ball spinner, especially playing, and I didn't actually factor this in, but playing at Hagley on the on the big ground. Good point. That spin's going to become become crucial. Uh, he's got a lot of room to play with. Um, and yeah, batting, valuable batting, probably definitely not a good finisher as Nisham, but sort of could play that role. So yeah, to get arguably your finisher and your, best, your number one spinner here at five, pretty happy. Yeah, I think like the top four, I, f- I felt like it just dropped off for me a little bit. Um, and I basically had one, two, three, four. Five. I had like five guys fighting out for two spots. I, I was probably similar. I've probably got, I reckon the second round is where you get your value in this draft. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> and I've I've sort of weighed it up and I thought I just value bulk runs and I know this I know he's not in good form he's gonna come right at, he's got to at some point and if he does like he could score just as many runs as Devin Conway yeah and he, he offered and he's got leadership ability well depending who you talk to I suppose but um I'm going with Kane Williamson and I'm hoping that uh the culture at Canterbury can sort of get the best out of Kane yeah don't hate it I was I suppose we can release our sort of just off the board after but yeah Five, six, seven, eight, nine, sort of ten were all very similar skill like importance at this at this stage. Yeah, I um I full disclosure had Santner at five, Kane six, but I'm gonna switch that around and go Kane as well. Um I think one of the maybe this could look real silly I mean this is never gonna happen, so it's not gonna look silly. But um there's a chance that if Kane goes back to domestic cricket, he just absolutely dominates and you realise like just he has actually got a lot classier than a lot of these guys, and he's yeah. you know just been playing a lot of international cricket. Mm. Um, yeah, and like that step down, you'd see him just really dominate, work singles, work runs, at the bad ball when he needs to, and and yeah, show his class. So yeah, I think it's not not too far away from coming back in international cricket too. Hopefully, yeah, it'll come at some point. It's got to yeah. like Coley come back, surely Kane can come back, and um yeah, yeah. So I've got I've actually got Santner. I mean, you've t- I don't want to talk about Santa too much. You've already, you've pretty much summed him up pretty well. I've got Santa at six yeah. for the for ND. Um, obviously the fielding. I do think, I do think his batting, his batting sort of never really de- de- sort of done the job at international level, but no. at domestic level, I think he could be quite quite dominant. And obviously yeah. he's our best white ball bowler. So I got him at six. Uh, Jacko, who have you got for ND? Yeah, this was this was a real real toss up. Um, between between Kane and Finn Allen. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately I had to go with Finn. As Crom sort of said, he's, I mean, he's a ticket to the moon and yeah, I just want my Northern Brave to jump on board basically. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, I think yeah, Finn Finn arguably could have gone anywhere in that top six. Like the there'd be arguments he could go at one, just that new toy batter that's explosive, sort of sell, sells tickets, bums on seats sort of player. Um, but yeah, I, I went him at six and then, yeah, and I think um, the Volts bite your hand off at seven for Kane. Yeah, yeah, that'd be quite something. Jeez, um, Bob Kane's a very good draft from our Volts. Oh, <laughs> we, might, we might be back. We're back. Just we'll quickly touch on those that sort of missed out, I guess. So I, I didn't have room for Nisham. Finn Allen and Daryl Mitchell were the, were the guys that I thought were unlucky. Obviously, Michael Bracewell as well, pretty unlucky. Um, Finn we've touched on, Nisham we've touched on. I just sort of valued top-order runs over low-order runs, I guess, was where, yeah. I, where I went. And Mitchell, I mean, for me, it was, it was between Mitchell and Williamson. I think I, I tossed around those two. I think I think Mitchell could score bulk runs just as much just as much as Colmey, just as much as Williamson. Yeah. And he's ha- like he's sort of handy with the ball at domestic level, just a competitive sort of bloke, which you, which you like to see. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I had just looking at it. My second round goes basically Kane, Daryl, Phillips, maybe like an Ish Sodi, the sort of that mystery yeah. spinner, Southy, Guptill. Um, so a lot of lot of talent to be had in that second round. If you can yeah. pair up yeah, your I first think- round well, yeah, sort of Guptill. I mean, he's in his. The, the twilight of his career but I mean I think Gupta would have what you said about Kane of like coming back down and just That's a, deleting yeah. domestic bowlers um, mm. just that head above Finn, so. Allen, Finn Allen over him though oh 100% yeah that's my <laughs> oh, Finn, Allen's so. Finn, Allen, Finn Allen overall yeah, <laughs> yeah. Finn, Allen's <laughs> Finn, Allen's, Finn, Allen's, Finn Allen's actually captaining the Black Hats for me at this World Cup so <laughs> um, um, yeah but yeah lo- like a lot of guys to miss out but I think hell of an exercise I think, as you say, the second round was where the, where the value was. You know, you're paying a bit less, hopefully, for a lot of these guys, and maybe they've got a real point to prove um, why they weren't taken in that top six. And you touched on, I think Sodi would be a real interesting one to take. Yeah. Obviously, a, a spinner at domestic level that lands them as well as him, I think, would be pretty hard to um, to not take. Then, yeah, Daryl Mitchell, another one. I'm glad we we pointed out because he could be. He's just obviously had the. Uh, one of the great winters, winters that had come back to domestic cricket for us, he'd probably be pretty dominant. So yeah, there's there's a lot of value in that second round. Starting today, you will play like winners, act like winners, and most importantly, you will be winners. If you listen and learn, you will win basketball games. And gentlemen, winning in here is the key to winning out there. So this week on Coach Corner, sorry we missed it last week, so we'll, we'll get one in. Uh, this week, so the question is best method of catching and ways to train reverse cut or hands down. So, a uh, bit of an age old debate, I guess. And this is a bit of a cop out, but there's probably not one answer because it it's sort of like all different situation and really preference, really. So, like if you prefer hands down or reverse or reverse cut for high catches, um, you still kind of need to learn the other one for flat catches like a chest high yeah. like you can't you can't really sort of you know you can't really hands down that you're going to sort of cop it in the chest sort of job so you're going to have to fit, you get one at the boots you can't reverse cut that now on the high nut i guess it's preference isn't it like if you're if reverse cut i guess they say they always say that oh it's safer because it um if you drop it you get two chances you're dropping at the second you're dropping at the second time just catch yeah, it the oh, first time oh, i'd hate to see the um i hate to see the percentage on 
like if you could like <laughs> like the regathers like yeah. like seriously um, and h- half the time it goes behind you and you you actually less of a chance behind you I reckon like you've got to be really good at getting in position like yeah. you re- like if you're if you're running or you're late into position you kind of just you're fucked really let's be yeah. honest and like I'm I've always been a hands down sort of guy just like just because you get that you sort of can make some adjustments like if if need be. But if someone feels comfortable reverse cupping, like I'm not going to say, I'm not going to tell them not to. No, hundred percent. Yeah, I think the biggest you've got to have both in your locker. Just purely, you just have, you just need to be able to catch both ways. Um, in terms of like ball angles, how it's coming, how close you are to the rope, does the ball change on you? Is big blue there? Like, do you need to sort of get a hand up there to to cover stuff? So yeah, first of all, I think you really need to have both. Um. You definitely need to train both because there will be times in a game where you actually do need one or the other, and one or the other is the right the right call. I'm the same as you, Matt. I prefer probably those hands down. I prefer my hands low as opposed to like reverse cup up above your head. Um, and in saying that, the biggest key is you've got to have you've got to get your hands up high enough so that they're in your eye line. Mm. Like you need to be able to follow the ball basically into your hands. Um, it's when you do go your hands well below your eyes and there's a, a gap of sight between the ball and your hands as you're trying to catch it um, because it might only be a few centimetres but that can be enough to to miss it or um, yeah to drop it. That's probably the biggest one is whatever one you're doing. Obviously, reverse cup's easy to have your hands in your eyesight so you can watch the ball the whole way. But if you're going to go going to go the other way, get your hands up high at least so that they're in your eye line, so when the ball does come down, you can watch it the whole way in. Yeah, I was going to say the big the big advantage for the reverse cup is is obviously the eye line and the sight. So I think that's that's why. Is it what, what have you found at domestic level, Jacko? What's taught more in general, or or what are most guys going? I think I think most guys will do a do a in front. I think it depends on like how you are moving. So, like, mm. if you have to come forward to the ball, you're going to go hands in front because you're not going to run out with it. You have fucking hands above your head. Um, and if you're where you are or moving backwards, you'll go hands above your head. Yeah. So that might that actually might be the best way to, to split it. But, yeah, I think at that level, guys have, like, you've basically got to be able to catch 95% or higher with both. So, mm. it depends on how your body's moving as to whether you're going hands in front or or reverse cut, not not preference at that stage. I think. I think yeah, it'd be an interesting one to put to a poll actually, because I yeah I mm. would have thought reverse cut would be the, the method of use by the especially for the skier um, yeah. by most of the cricketers. I um I never went for it because I was always afraid it would split the hands and go straight onto the dome. Mm. Um, yeah, saying that before. that was always one of my bigger concerns. Yeah. But it, to me, it does look classier and look safer and like. When a guy's just sort of standing under the ball, got the old reverse cup up, takes it nicely. It does. It does look certain classy sort of to it. So I, I always was pro the reverse cup, um, just not at myself. Just done yeah. well on others. You've got to be. You've got to be very good at positioning. You've got to yeah. get. And I think that probably just comes down to like practice. If you, I'd say that like the best way to sort of train it is you've just got to take a, like a multitude of different catches and just yeah. find out what suits. Because maybe if you get too used to a preference, uh, you can sort of not catch, like you, you can not go, not feel comfortable with the other one. I think, I think you've got to practice both. I think you yeah. really do just so, because you, you can't always catch 
hands down and you can't always catch hands up, that sort of thing. So, yeah, that that's sort of me. Yeah. If you are looking at training it as well, if you are looking at training it, do one session where you only catch reverse cup because it will be, you'll like you'll learn really quickly what ones you need the other one for. If you're like, mm. fuck, I want to go hands down, but I've got to reverse cup it, you'll you'll learn those limits a lot quicker. I yeah, think it's I like, like if, you, if you're trying to learn the sweep shot, you just go in there and you try and sweep everything and you learn quickly which ones you can sweep and which ones you can't. Um, that, that could be a way you do it is you just go and you only catch one way and you'll, you'll learn pretty quickly which, which ones you want to go the other way for. Perfect. It's interesting those ones in like the in the grippers, eh, that really fly around chest high. And you do see like like Ricky Ponting was one of those guys that would sort of almost crouch a touch and still take some of them reverse cut. Yeah. I love it, eh? Yeah, it is. And that again, it looks it looks real I guess as Jacko pointed out at the start, the, the big one with the reverse cup is is the eyes and how you can sort of watch it straight in there. Mm. Um it does look quite classy, I think, yeah. and, and the grip the guy bends down and takes it. Yeah, the Aussie cordon too, that ball's sort of always on the rise, isn't it? Sort of coming yeah. off the yeah. So you sort of you've got a you've got a reverse cup to meet that rise. Whereas in, in New Zealand, yeah. if you reverse cuffing them around your ankles, you're probably just patting them into the ground. You're almost verging on diving forward a lot yeah. in, uh, in New Zealand rather than actually, you know, yeah. waiting for them and yeah, the that's us for another week. Thank you so much for listening. If you like us, give us a rate and a review. And if you don't, well, uh, don't bother. But seriously, we... They can listen. They'll listen anyway. Yeah, you're here. You're here. You're this far. Let's be honest. Uh, but seriously, we really do appreciate the support from our award-winning listeners give us. It's been a big week for the t- for TMC. We managed to get to the top of the South African cricket charts, top five in New Zealand, in and out of the top 10 in, in Aussie. Uh, it's incredibly humbling, so thank you again. If you want this podcast to grow and you want early access to the podcast, check out the Patreon. If not, that's okay too. Thank you again for listening. Jacko, Lugsy, thanks again for jumping on, and we will see you again next week. Thanks, mate. Cheers, boys.